Your goal is to create happy customers who then create other happy customers. Go! Congratulations! Here's what I've learned. The best of the best have got the problem. selling, going, going. God, so congratulations. Let's have a look at the facts. Watch your goal for the next six months. My favorite, favorite topic today, prospecting. I love this topic because everyone hates it. And I know that the thing that you hate the most could be the thing that you end up loving the most because it'll transform your life. Who knows? You've heard it many times before. Maybe the Sunday night rant version of this topic may register. So gang, I've got my water. Hey, mm, I just remembered. I need to get those guys to put my order into them for that um, that love water. Hello, Sanjay. Looking forward to seeing you in London on the 14th. And Emil, good to see you. Alrighty, so gang, let's get the show on the road. So, on a bright note, I always like to start the rant with a little bit humorous. So, someone told me today there was a property executive in Queensland that used to go for a run Every morning, hi Burge, used to go for a run. Hello, Joe. And what used to happen is as he'd run, he would have his nice Adidas shorts with the three stripes. You know the way runners have got their shorts. Runners always got their shorts a little shorter and a little tighter and they'd be running along. (sighs) Yeah, great. And then what would happen is at some point in the run, he would say, hey, I want to do poo-poo, mummy. I've got a stomachache. I've got to do a poo-poo. And what he used to do is he'd stop and he would go and do a poo-poo outside various people's properties. And he didn't do it once. He didn't do it twice. No, they're talking like lots and lots and lots of times. So what did the community group do? The people that wanted to catch the poo runner, they thought to themselves, what we're going to do is actually set up a trap. And what they did is they set up cameras where the poo was. And then what happened is this. Poo poo pants got caught. Because there's a photo of poo-poo pants and I've seen it online and I'm not going to talk too much about it because maybe he did have irritable bowel syndrome. But if you did, why would you stop and do poo-poo pants on lots of people's different houses? Why wouldn't you do poo-poo pants in the gym on a treadmill? Right? Go to the treadmill. So you're running. Shit! Oh, stomachache. I've got to run. I've got to run. I've got to go to the toilet. You go to the toilet. And what happens is you wipe yourself. But guess what? Apparently poo-poo pants also carried in those short tight Adidas shorts. Right? Where you can hardly put anything in there. He had toilet paper. 
toilet paper. Why wouldn't you just go to the gym and then you can use the toilet paper in there? Anyway, he, so, like, I was thinking to myself, like, is that like something that someone's got sort of like a psychological illness? What I will do is I will shit on people's yards. That's what I'll do. And I'm going to do it during my runs. And then I thought to myself, no, like, yeah, that's sort of a little bit, you know, that's, yeah. And then I thought to myself, maybe what it was is that at some point, the 3.3 kilometer mark where you're running, all of a sudden, hey, I've got to do poo-poo, right? But wouldn't you think to yourself, you would time your run to go at a toilet than having to do it on people's houses, right? Wouldn't you sort of time your run there? Or, I don't know, maybe you would just decide that what you'll do is, fuck running for a while, and what I might do is the stepper. Or, what I might do is, um, uh, let's do the rowing machine, right? Rowing machine. Um, or, um, I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. Prospecting. Prospecting, prospecting, prospecting. So, why do I make a living? I make a living because many times I tell people stuff they already have heard of, they know they should do, they're not doing it, and what happens is along comes a real estate trainer that says, have you thought about making 10 calls before 10 a.m.? Oh, that's a good idea. I've heard it 73 times before, but for some reason, I've never done it. So what I thought I would do is actually today, hey Michelle, what I might do is today, and by the way, Johnny, thank you for coming in and seeing, um, uh, today was my brother's, John was there, thank you for coming along to my brother's six-month memorial. Look, today is six months since my brother passed, and um, it was also his birthday um, this is his first birthday last week. It's the first birthday in my life that I haven't had my brother with me, my 44-year-old brother. And I have to say, ultimately, it's just very simple. I've thought, you know, because I am a little bit sad and I haven't had a proper night's sleep pretty much since the day they told me he was terminal, Right. So I think like various people have said, oh, maybe you got post-traumatic stress, you know, maybe, you know, you know, it's grief. Hey, look, I'm pretty sure that what my problem is, is I just miss him. I miss him. And I, yes, I have heard that people say the memories are there, but, and he's always there with you. However, where I'm at at the moment in my life is that he physically is not there. So SMSs and phone calls and conversations and face-to-face conversations I used to have with him are not there. And yes, while I'll try and substitute hallucinations of what it could be like there, I'm not at that level at the moment. And maybe as time goes by, I will get there at the level. Maybe I will also just get used to him not being there. But at six months' time, I still miss him a lot. I miss him a lot. Uh, Hello, Maddie. How are you? 
Now, Matt, I have to tell you, Matt is one of these guys, the friendship I've had with Matt Steinway, it is, I reckon, like it's about 25 years or so, and we could not speak for weeks, and then we speak as if we were speaking the day after. And by the way, can I just say to you, he's one of the few people, the few people I know that are actually have got the ability to actually list and sell real estate and still articulate how to list and sell real estate, right? Very hard to do both. And I know a lot of real estate people, what they do is they veer off and they say, hey, I'm going to do a bit of training or I want to do a bit of consulting or I want to go off and, you know, write, you know, a book or all that sort of stuff. Um, And I always say to people, you should really always be careful on the advice you follow. And this is not just in real estate. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think that the majority of the training world is full of people that have never gone to the destination they're telling you to go. So I always say to people, don't just listen to what the person is saying. Listen on who the person that's saying it. I'll say it again. Don't just listen to what a person is saying. Listen who that person is. Because what you want to be doing is making sure that someone's video and their audio are aligned. And that is that they have done or are doing what they're saying. And that is the case with Matt. So let's go on to the seven reasons, the seven biggest mistakes on prospecting. So let me move on. Thank you, Grant, by the way, for that kind comment. Hang in there. And I am. I am hanging in there. I'm making something that, you know, and I've had other issues, which I will tell you, not at this time, but I'm going to tell you in around two months' time, and there's a reason for that. Um, So uh, number one, the number one mistake, the number one mistake people make with prospecting is they don't schedule it. They don't schedule it. They somehow think to themselves, I am going to write it, uh, as a to-do list. Tomorrow I will prospect and it becomes a to-do list on their item. It becomes an action point. But they actually don't go in and put it in as a calendar appointment. So what actually happens, of course, is when something is so ambiguous and implicit and vague and is not specific, what happens is you don't do it because you don't know what time of the day you're going to do it and how long you're going to do it for. And what will always happen is you'll expand your current activities to take over a thing that you deep down really don't want to do. So my advice is this. I always say it on the Sunday Night Rant. What gets scheduled gets done. I'll say it again. What gets scheduled gets done. By the way... Tag someone or press that share button because I'm telling you, I'm going to give you good content. And if people sort of are connected to you on social media, I'm giving them good stuff. And you're only going to look as a good person in it. I'm not going to go off and, you know, use every bad word I know, and though I do know quite many. So let me just move on and say that why do you need to get it scheduled? It's very simple. Because if you don't schedule it, you will find that the one, two, or three hours that I'm asking you to actually be incorporating as part of your schedule 
on a daily basis won't happen. So rule number one is schedule it as a calendar appointment. And may I say, pretty much anything that you need to get done, treat it like it's the biggest sales presentation in your life and it's an appointment. Treat your prospecting as if it's the best buyer that you're ever going to come across in your lifetime. They've got unlimited funds. They're going to buy that day. That's how you treat prospecting. Treat it like it's the listing appointment you've waited all year for. That's how you treat prospecting. Because unless you're serious about prospecting, hey Gordon, seeing you I think tomorrow. Yes, I am. Guys and girls, prospecting must be scheduled. Number two, the reason why they don't do prospecting or struggle, number two mistake is this. They don't have a list of people to call. So they've got the appointment. It's in my diary, 9am to 11am. So what happens next? They don't have anyone to call. So what do they do? They say, okay, who do I call? Where do I start? So they look at their desk and they flip through some of their diary notes and then they go onto the computer and they think to themselves, let's go to the CRM system and they just stare at the CRM system and I'm telling you, Powerful lists equals powerful prospecting. I will say it again. Powerful lists equal powerful prospecting. You need to have a chase list of people before you begin what prospecting you're doing. You don't spend the golden hours of prospecting. You don't spend the golden hours of prospecting looking for people to call. So, let me say to you that if you don't have a list, what you have is this addiction to distraction. And then what actually happens is you go on and you get this distraction by looking at stuff online. And before you know it, you're on Facebook, you've gone on to REB, before you know it, you're actually sitting there on social media, you might have gone off and done some shopping, you're on news.com. All I'm saying is this, have a clear list of people you'll be calling before you begin any prospecting session. Let's move on to number three. Now, Carolyn has sent a request to be in your live video. Now, I've never ever accepted that, right? So, I'm gonna, I just wanna, you know, I've never accepted a live video request. I don't know who Carolyn is, Carolyn A9. I'm just going to press that. What does it say? Go live with anyone, go live. Let's go see. And hopefully I can cancel this thing in a moment, right? Hello, Carolyn. Oh, Carolyn declined. Now she said sorry. Sorry, Tom, I pressed the wrong button. Anyway, the good news is I have just found out that I can bring in people whenever they want. It was an accident. That's okay, Carolyn. It's all good. 
There's no problems. Which brings me to another reason why people don't prospect. Mistake number three is this, that they're scared. Oh, I'm scared. I'm really, really, really scared. I'm scared they're not going to like me. I'm scared they're going to get upset at me. I'm scared I'm going to accept them coming on live and I don't know what they'll say. They don't even know you. What are you going to be scared about? Don't be scared. At the end of the day, it's a bloody conversation, right? So, gang, let's go over it once again. Number one. They don't schedule it. Mistake number one. Mistake number two. They don't have a list prepared. Mistake number three. They're scared. They're scared of rejection. Make rejection your best friend. You want to succeed? Fail faster. Failure and rejection is not the opposite of success. It is part of success. Do you understand that? Hello, Tanay. Tanay. Tanay knows that prospecting is oxygen. He knows that. Three, four years ago, I don't know what he was doing at working, running around, knocking on people's doors, trying to sell them phone plans. Now he's driving a nice car, buying investment properties, bought himself a house, got himself married. Mate, fucking, that's what we want to do. Let's move on. Number four. Number four. Number four. Mistake number four, Nick Rigas, passion. Make passion your paycheck. Let me just have a break here. How's life anyway? The other story that I'm fascinated about is Russell Smith. Is that his name? Russell Smith. He was the head of the Canadian Air Force. He used to fly the Queen. The Queen. Do you know the Queen? He used to fly the Queen. He was the highest. He was the highest position in the highest position, highest position in the Canadian Air Force. Special forces. And you know what this Russ used to do? Married Russ. Married Russ. At night, he'd like to sneak out and go and pinch girls' underwear. Good old Russ. Colonel Russ. What he used to do, he used to jump in, break into people's houses... And he used to get girls' underwear. And he had like tens and tens of underwear in his house. And you know what? It's a sad story because he ended up, you know, someone caught him. And what happened is he ended up killing like two women, right? So the guy's in jail forever. And he's being interrogated on YouTube, right? The interrogation is happening and what is Russ worried about? I'm worried that my wife's going to get upset. That if you turn the house in and you find all this underwear. Fucking Russ. What about the people you killed, Russ? 
What about the relatives of the people you killed, Russ? Russ is a sicko. I don't even know how I thought about that. Colonel Russ. Let's move on. Mistake number four. Mistake number four. They don't know who to call. 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 Right? They think to themselves, they're not selling. I don't know who they are. Um, They're not going to come on the market. Um, They're not ready to buy yet. So they don't know who to call. They don't know who to call. As Chrissy, Russ is a dickhead. A cross-dressed dickhead. So, let me make this easy for you. Um, Firstly, this is something I'm going to cover. By the way, Susan told me, don't forget, mention the real estate gym kickstart events this week. But guess what? They're nearly all sold out. On Wednesday, I'm going to see you in Sydney. Booked out, total capacity. Melbourne, the day after, which is Thursday, there is three spots left, but I think that they're gone as well now because that was like earlier on this afternoon. Brisbane on Friday, sold out. Then Perth, there's, I think, about 30 spots. And then there's Adelaide, there's about 30 spots. And then there's Auckland, which I think is now getting close to capacity. Susan has put it on the Facebook comments. So if you can only be in a city where they're available, which is Perth and Adelaide, all the rest, this is not some sort of sales job. Get in early before this. They are actually sold out. Gang, look forward to seeing you. And we will cover this topic then. We will cover the topic Who do you call? But I want you to understand, like in real estate, you've got what I call immediate seller appointments and future seller appointments. Immediate seller appointments are people that are coming on the market like pretty soon. And then you've got future seller appointments. And these people are coming on the market like in six months, a year. So what I want to say to you is that number four, you don't know who to call, has got a lot to do with number five, which is, hey, Mark, how you going? Hey, they're opening up on Sundays. Sundays at Novak's. You know what? I might take a drive down there one Sunday over the next few weeks, come in there, bring my camera, have a bit of fun. Watch the video, by the way, I did with Mark and Lisa Novak. It's in the real estate gym. Watch the whole bit there. But number five is they don't know why they're calling. So think about it. Number four and number five is connected. Because if you don't know why you're calling, how will you know who to call? So they don't know why they're calling. Because some real estate people and some trainers have said, oh, you always call. It's calls, make appointments. Rubbish. That's bullshit. You don't call everyone with the intent of making an appointment. You call people for three different reasons. Sometimes you actually call people because there's a name in the database that you don't even know who they are. You don't even know why they're there. You don't know what they're all about. So I think you call to find out 
who the fuck are these people and why are they sitting in my CRM system? So why do you call? You call to qualify and to actually then work out where they get segmented. Hello, Shane. Good to see you, brother. I look forward to seeing you in Perth, by the way, where you're going to be speaking at the Real Estate Gym Kickstart. So, guys and girls, let me move on. Why do you call people? Here are the three reasons. One reason is to qualify. Why are they in my database? And then you put them A, B, C, hot, medium, cold. Don't make it too fancy. You know I don't like fancy. Fancy gets broken. Another reason why you call is this, to build trust, build familiarity. That's why you do it. Thank you for sharing, Nick Riggers. I really appreciate that. So that's another reason, because you actually keep a relationship going by conversations. So don't think that every time you ring someone, I need to make an appointment. As Shane says, building, cleaning, setting. That's why you call. You don't call everyone with commission breath. I gotta get an appointment. I gotta get an appointment. I gotta get an appointment. Hey, they might not want an appointment. And what you do is you actually do other things in that conversation. And trust me, building trust is one of those things that you do. Number six. Oh, have we covered number six? I think we have. That was number six. Number seven. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to say. They may have been told by someone in the office, just ring them up and ask them, you know, whether they're looking to buy or sell. Hey, here's the deal. Let me just make this easy because this is a lot of the stuff that I do in the real estate gym is about dialogue and language to be using when you're prospecting. Let me make it nice and simple. Unless you can add any value to the person that you call, you should not call. That's the first thing. The second thing is, you must understand that there is a transaction taking place when you call. That transaction is this. You're asking for their time. You have used the art of gentle interruption. So you better make sure that they're not getting spooked out that you're going to be on the phone for the next five minutes fucking chewing their ear. So you better say something like really short and fast. Hey, I know that you're not buying at the moment. I'm going to be brief. The reason I'm calling is because you've got to move in confident, assertive, and let them know it's going to be a short conversation. And why is important is the because. The because is critical. The because is saying, hey, you're giving me 30 seconds. Let me give you something. Because that 30 seconds might end up becoming 60 seconds and might end up becoming two minutes because they think, hey, you have said something that is valuable to me. So what do I say to you? A, B, E. Always be educating. Not A, B, C. Always be closing. Guys and girls, I want to thank you so much for your attention. And to all the loan brokers there, chill out. Don't stress. You will still be able to go to Woolworths to buy food because I want to remind you, I want to remind you, I want to remind you 
that consumers in 2019, they don't want to walk in and drive to the city, spend $75 looking for parking and then paying 75 bucks to go and queue up in the bank for 15, 20 minutes to sit with a bank manager that's going to give them attitude, that's wearing some shirt from fucking Ruben F. Scarf or from Lowe's and sitting there, you know, making it really, really hard. That's not the way consumers work anymore. A finance broker adds value. They go to people's houses. They make it easy to do business. They fill out the form. They shop around and get people the best deal. They actually process loans for you. And what actually happens is this. They don't have the one-trick pony commission breath from one bank. They're able to say, hey, I've got access to multiple branches. And I can tell you, before any government goes along and punishes, punishes people that don't have the funds to pay a finance broker. And finance brokers only become for the wealthy elite, right? Because that is going to punish people because you're going to get, you know, the young couple that are working out there, you know, struggling to get make their ends meet. They're not going to get coerced and only have one choice of loan. So I say to the brokers, remember this. Stick to your core duty. Stop spending your time worried and trying to convince the government. Listen, yes, have a position, but there are other people that are going to do that. What, what are you going to do? You're going to outwork the competition, outlisten the competition. You're going to go out there and you're going to be the Google of your marketplace. What you're going to be out there is you're going to make it easy for people to get a hold of you at 10 o'clock at night. And you're going to respond back to people when they call you. And you know what you're going to do is you're going to keep them every step of the way in the transaction. You're going to be calling them every day, letting them know how things go. And if things don't go too well, you're going to go ugly early and you're going to give them the news nice and early and you're going to come up with a solution for them. So what am I going to say to you? You're going to be so good that they can't ignore you and at the end of the day, I'm telling you, Harry knows it, every broker knows it, when you add value, when you move away from the commodity dungeon, when you're an added value provider, when you show more, when you do more, when you give more, ultimately, the government will have no choice but they will have to say it is unfair to actually penalise the consumer to say that consumers that have got money can use this service and consumers that don't have money can't use that service. And on that note, I'm going to drink this water. Susan has been working super hard. Poor Susan has not been the best of health. She's got swollen lymph glands. She's been feeling unwell. And tomorrow, we've got Dr. Fred Gross, the two-day workshop that I've got with Dr. Fred for our people. We've got 50 people there, Monday and Tuesday. Look forward to seeing you there. We've got a very big week. I've got like 30 conferences in about 20 days. So gang, let's all go out there and do what we love doing, and that is serve the people. Thanks for tuning in, guys and girls. You can join me on Facebook for the live Sunday Night Rant 
every week at 8.30pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. And if you're in real estate, just Google Tom Panos and you'll find a heap of resources and interviews where million dollar agents share their strategies. See you next week. Let's have a look at the facts. What's your goal for the next six months?